Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. I'm Ethan, joined by my co-hosts Farb and Connor, and we have a fantastic show today. We're covering AI for hardware development, IBM's PR around job displacement, and some synthetic voices. So let's kick off on the hardware side. So Flux recently launched, and they've been showing some more demos and examples over the past few days. They're dubbing themselves as a co-pilot for hardware development. Seems to be focused on PCBs first. Farb, could you tell us more about why this is important, what we could use it for, what is Flux? Yeah, I, I would have loved to have had this years ago when I was doing hardware engineering. I think this is going to unleash a whole new world of hardware development, new products, uh, even sort of niche hardware products being developed at, at smaller scales. I don't think the significance of this can be sort of underrepresented. Uh, I think it's still more, it's essentially co-pilot for hardware engineers that are working in a browser-based you know, PCB design environment. But that's, if that's the first version, then you know, you know, the second version, the third version are truly going to be powerful. And, you know, my guess is in a year from now, a 10-year-old kid with a little bit of GPT and with something like this could start designing actual consumer hardware for themselves, for their friends. Uh, and we're going to see hardware kind of coming from the bottom up uh, again, instead of only top down, which is kind of the way it's been for a long time. Yeah. Connor, do, do you think they're, are they building their own LLMs? Are they doing design system? Do, do we know anything about that? Like what could, what could we learn from this? I'm not sure what they're publicizing on where they're getting the LLM exactly. But personally, what I found interesting here is that it's really the first co-pilot for the physical world. The GitHub co-pilot came out in 2021. That was the first big co-pilot uh, for code, obviously. And then since then, we've seen other co-pilots for for law, for medical, for writing, et cetera. But now we're seeing co-pilots that are strong enough and powerful enough to help you build physical products too, not just digital ones. So Yeah, definitely. It seems to be helping on a design system side as well. Um, at the end of the day, these engineering requirements and these hardware pieces are language-based. So it's fascinating. Farb, is this ready now or later? I, th I think they're in wait list maybe? I think it's a wait list, but you know, it looks like it looks like it's working. And you know, the other point that I would add is, you know, having worked with hardware engineers and knowing the cost of just even doing simple things with hardware. It's, you know, yeah. it's extraordinary, hundreds of thousands of dollars to just do something simple. So the idea that you could be saving that amount of money uh, and getting similar results, maybe even faster, uh, it's just really awesome to see. Absolutely. Well, that's amazing on the hardware side. Let's move on to our second story of today, which is IBM, a little bit of PR around some job displacements. They said that they plan to do a hiring freeze on any jobs that AI could do. So I have a lot of thoughts on this, but Connor, what do you think this is? What, what is this important? I mean, a company as big as IBM, I think this is really a indicator of where the market's going and where all these big companies are going. They're starting to realize that IBM said they have 7,500 current employees they can replace with AI. So all these companies, they have employees. If they think they can replace them with AI, they're going to try to. It's going to save them a lot of money. And we'll see if it works out for them. But IBM is the first big player here. So, Barb? You know, I think they're clearly speaking to the market. They seem to have wanted to make as much noise about this as possible. There may have been some skywriting that they did. Who knows? They want everyone to know that they're firing 7,500 people. Maybe they're not even firing, but it certainly sounded like that. Uh, and that they're not going to hire you if your job could be done by AI. 
I feel like it's probably the first corporation of that size coming out with this bold a statement about it. Everybody's, you know, reducing their workforce right now, but I feel like they're the first ones who said, we're doing it because of AI, AI this, AI that. You're not going to get a job here if AI can do your work. You're not going to have a job here if AI can do your work. Pretty yeah. big news. Do we know, are they trying to sell their like Watson as replacing their employees or are they opening, partnering with OpenAI? Do we know? It's interesting. We haven't heard a ton of about Watson in these, you know, 20 years. Yeah. In these recent uh, AI developments, uh, maybe he's, you know, doing his Rocky thing. He's, you know, training in the background. He's running through the streets of Philadelphia, ready, ready to come out big. Absolutely. Yeah. I think speaking to the market is the perfect way to describe this. Um, they were already kind of doing hiring freezes. They're already a bit down in the market. So what better to say than, hey, we have the best AI and we're going to stop hiring because we're great at that. So classic big company behavior. But is this ready now or later? Do you think we're going to see more companies start doing stuff like this? PR releases? Is this actually going to happen now or later, Farb? Oh, I think we're going to see more of it this year. These yeah. things tend to, you know, you wait for one big player to break the ice on it. Uh, and then see how the market responds. If the market responds positively, you're going to see a flood of people doing this. If the market doesn't respond positively, then you'll may, you know, see people slowing down. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. So a lot of PR at the end of the day. Well, that's IBM. So let's move to our last story of today, which is 11 Labs and synthetic voices. So if you don't know, 11 Labs is building high fidelity synthetic voices. They could be pre-made or they can be cloned from your own voice. So they recently announced multilingual support. Um, they've been creating it, they've been rolling it out, and we've been seeing a lot of fantastic examples over the past week. Connor and I have actually kept up with and built synthetic voice models for a few years now. So Connor, from seeing 11 Labs and this announcement, what does this mean to you? I mean, it's a very crazy development here. Um, this week they're coming out with it. So it's multiple languages is a very hard thing to do. So the fact that they did it, the fact that it works, their demos sound very good. We'll see how people actually use it. We'll see how it works out in the wild. But from their demo, it's it's pretty big news. It's a very hard to train on one language from someone's speech and then transfer that over to another language. So yeah, it's a it, it's a difficult problem. And these examples they've come out with are really cool. Farb, what do you think we could use this for? What are we going to see when you're allowed to take your own voice and turn it into any sort of language. You can now speak in Spanish, Chinese. What are we going to see? What could we do with this? Yeah, this is, uh, I think, super cool news. You know, I think I saw a good Joe Rogan example. Joe Rogan was speaking in Spanish. So what it does is maintain your voice and put you in a different language with the accent of that language. Uh, but in your own voice. So it doesn't sound like you're speaking, you know, American uh, Spanish, you're, you're speaking Spanish with a Spanish accent, but in your voice. I think this is huge for two big reasons. One, we don't really think about it or realize it, but there is so much knowledge locked up in the different languages and cultures of the world. We think we're so international. We think we're so, you know, integrated with each other, but it's really not the case. And so, all this knowledge is going to be sort of unlocked because now you can hear anybody who's ever said anything, any recording ever of anyone in any language in your language. And then the other place this is going to be huge is in entertainment. Um, again, there is so much content that has been locked up because people don't really want to watch, you know, dubbed stuff too much uh, when they 
do audio dubbing. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound natural. Soon we're going to see this paired with, you know, with video AI that's, you know, manipulating the mouth of the person speaking so that it, you know, matches what's being said in that language. And yeah. basically every movie, every TV show, every ever made in any language is now going to be available in your language. So if you think there was a lot of stuff on Netflix before, just wait until the entire corpus of the world's movies and shows is available to you. And it'll all be like new content to you. Yeah, that's fascinating. Really opening up the bounds for other cultures and learning about different parts of the world, et cetera. Another one I think of is even just language learning. I mean, how fascinating is it to hear yourself in your own voice speaking another language? It's easier for you to learn how do you get the intricacies of Spanish, for example. So a lot of cool use cases on that. Connor, is this ready now? They're rolling this out um, to beta access, right? This week, uh, 11 Labs is rolling it out. So this is definitely an alpha. Excited to see people with examples of this. I'm excited to see them fine tune it. As it gets better. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of really cool examples on across the whole spectrum of applications with this new API. So fantastic. Well, that covers today with hardware, job displacement, synthetic voices. As always, what are y'all seeing? What's been interesting, both of you today? What have you seen? Well, uh, you know, I think we previously mentioned it on some unaired episodes of uh, AI Daily, but I've been using perplexity a lot lately uh, and, and metaphor. Um, metaphor is a really cool sort of AI search. It looks kind of like Google's homepage. It's very simple. Uh, and one of the cool things it does is you start typing a search, it suggests a prompt that would give you slightly better results. So instead of, you know, if you're looking for a car blog, instead of it giving you car and driver, if you ask it correctly, it's going to give you actual, you know, car blogs from real car folks. Uh, so I've been using perplexity and metaphor a lot. Fascinating. Connor? Yeah, I saw recently uh, JSON former came out. It's, uh, it's been a big problem for forever, as long as LLMs have existed, of getting a standardized output from an LLM that can work in your own code and your own projects. Mm -hmm. uh, so now JSON former, they did a bunch of, you can read the paper, it's in the show notes, but they did a bunch of intricacies with logits so that any output from any hugging face LLM can be perfectly JSON formatted. It doesn't work with OpenAI yet, but it's really a big advancement, a big jump of that problem. So. What's, what's the main thing it does there if you like just save a ton of time? No, like it's a big problem of you can't like accurately depend on even GPT-4 to like generate JSON in the same format every time. Sure, I'm saying so a developer is spending their time, you know, doing all this stuff that theoretically an AI should be able to do, but it's not able to do it well, or maybe I'm not seeing it correctly. I mean, kind of can't do it before this, like it'll work like 99% of the time, but like sometimes you have, if you have an LLM app that just randomly like doesn't work and like, it's probably because the JSON response wasn't malformed. correct. Yeah. Malformed, yeah. Oh, so is it kind of on the hallucination side as well, right? You want this structured JSON each time yeah. and this keeps it in line, right? It's perfectly structured JSON. Instead of generating the entire tree of JSON, the LLM is just generating the number, the string or the array or the Boolean or whichever. So, very cool. Yep. Very cool. Well, fantastic. Uh, that's amazing. I've been keeping up with some, uh, there was a report, uh, the, I think yesterday or the other day on AI generated news content. How many of these kind of news organizations are starting to put chat GPT content into their blogs, into their 
SEO engines and this kind of game of whack-a-mole that gets being played now with Google and the ad agencies and news articles and journalists and more to come forever on this. It's a game of whack-a-mole now, but been finding that fascinating. But yeah, thank you all. Go ahead. Who was it? BuzzFeed or like CNET that's been doing it for like the past year and people just realized? That. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. More Very SEO, sure. more eyeballs. Thank you all for today. We'll be back to you tomorrow with some more AI news. See you tomorrow. Peace.